Welcome to VCR, a vintage cinema rewind. We're bringing old movies to new viewers. I'm Blake. And I'm conflicted. Uh, <laughs> we're talking Aguirre, the wrath of God. We certainly are. <laughs> Do we have to? I am very excited to talk about this, and you and I, I don't think, could be more polar opposites about this movie. Yeah, no, I think we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of disagreements yeah. on this movie. Yes, yeah. look, let it be known, this is gonna be our first bare knuckle cage match. <laughs> <laughs> Only one may stand. Yeah, one may fall. <laughs> yeah, so we've got. Werner Herzog's, one of his first films that he ever made, uh, Gire, The Wrath of God, from 1972. Yep. It's a very fascinating movie. I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about it. I mean, you can at least admit that it's a fascinating movie to discuss. Yeah, I will say, okay, so you texted me, like, it was, the category was foreign film, mm-hmm. and you texted me a bunch of options, and I didn't read them, and then you texted <laughs> me back saying, which one do you want, and I just shrugged and said, you pick, so you said, Agiri, and I said, cool, the only thing I knew about it was um, that it was a Werner Herzog movie, and like getting into that as well, I've only ever seen one Herzog movie, and that was Grizzly Man, yes. the documentary about Timothy Treadwell. Yes, the one that probably most uh, of our contemporary audience is going to know. Yeah, great documentary. He's got that like silky, chocolatey German voice. Yep. That, you know, He also played uh, Herzog. He also played the client in The Mandalorian yes. season one. So like to me, like I'm aware that he's a German filmmaker. He's very well respected. I know his iconic voice but i didn't really know much about the man personally or his directing style right and wow i had no idea what i was getting into (laughs) i was i was less prepared than the spanish conquistadors in the amazon (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's right so the where this film takes place is in the amazon rainforest it's a period piece it's kind of a historical epic epic's kind of a weird word for this film epic to describe in air it. quotes yeah. yeah i would call it a dramedy because it's very dramatic but it's also darkly funny and the, yeah. the humor is a lot more subtle than you think and it, it really becomes more apparent as the film goes on and that the folly of of this group of conquistadors in search of El Dorado. The Lost City of Gold. Yes, yeah. becomes more apparent. Uh, maybe you want to give us a, a quick plot summary now? Okay, so plot summary. So Klaus Kinski stars as Lope de Aguari. I didn't say that correctly, but he stars as that guy, and he's part of a group of Spanish conquistadors searching for El Dorado, the lost city of gold. And things quickly go off the rails. There's mutiny, there's betrayal. They're being attacked by the indigenous people and things go from bad to worse pretty quickly. And I will say that that's pretty much the plot summary because this movie has a very minimalistic approach to plot and character. Yes. And even dialogue. And even dialogue. Yeah. And what dialogue is there is often quite, at least in the beginning, is quite flat and lifeless. But more on that later. (laughs) That's one of my... You're really painting a poor, poor picture than this movie is. I wanna, I wanna even build on the plot that you've described because, like you said, this movie isn't necessarily heavily focused on the plot details and the characters. This and movie is more of a vibe. Yes, that is a great way to put it. And and so I want to start up the vibe of this movie a little bit more in this in this point of our episode. Go for um, it. So when this is taking place, it's 1560. So this is 
not long into the Spanish Inquisition of South America. Okay. Uh, so this is actually this takes place right after the Incan Empire has been conquered by the Spanish. Right. Um, so they mention Cortez a couple times. Right. So he's clearly already a famous conqueror at this point. Yes. So so the whole basis of this movie is that this large group of people have been sent after the the success of the Inquisition and they've been sent on a journey because there was a rumor of an El Dorado, a lost city of gold. Right. And so the opening shot of this movie is absolutely stunning mm. we get a very cool I'll give the movie that yeah we get a very cool shot of all of these people and it's beautiful because this is shot on location in the rainforest and and we see everybody of this party and it's hundreds of people mm-hmm. walking down a mountain as this heavenly music plays right and so we've got the spanish military we've got all of these uh slaves we've got noble women being transported on like litters yeah it's like it's like it's surreal because they're so out of place in this environment yeah um and so we've got this like very beautiful like one of the most beautiful places in the world the grandeur of nature and and like yeah and just like nature at its absolute core like juxtaposed with like this very civilized group of people um, or Western civilized group of people and like them upholding all of their traditions and everything. And so, so those two kind of opposite, opposite kind of, I will as, as much as conflicted as I am about this movie, the opening shot kind of establishes the conflict right away. Yes. This is a movie about man versus nature. Yes. And that is something that's very apparent in Werner Herzog's filmography. If you've ever seen anything, uh, especially like you brought up the, the best, uh, obvious comparison grizzly man yes grizzly man and so like you said this movie is is really all down to the vibe of the movie like Mm -hmm. these two conflicting ideas the absolute madness that is the main character aguare yeah more on him later yeah and all of the characters that are kind of centered around this so i guess the other point that i should mention as well is that essentially there's this large group of people and then their mission is already failing as the movie opens. Right. And so the commander Pizarro essentially sends a smaller group of people with Aguare as the second in command of this group down the Amazon river to see if they can find El Dorado, if it's close by, if it's within right. a week's distance, they're supposed to come back and tell them. And if it, if it's not, they're still supposed to return because at that point they've run out of provisions essentially. Right. We're all going to die. Yeah. Also like I should have looked this up before we started. El Dorado doesn't actually exist, right? It is a fable. Um, Nobody's ever actually found it there. So what I read on this, cause I did do a bit of research on this is that, it almost seems like it was a rumor developed by the Incan and and Mayan civilizations to kind of almost mess with the Spaniards ha. almost and get them to like send them away kind of thing for so, a time. And that's a great point of just showing how futile this mission is. They are men somewhere they don't belong chasing after a city that doesn't exist. Right. And and so yeah, so that's I think that's a pretty good setup at this point of the film and, and where we're going with this. So let's talk characters and people you may know. And honestly, this is a movie that came out in 1972, and it's a German film 
doing our foreign film. I actually watched it in English, however, even though it is a ger- German film. Uh, more on that later, too, because I have some thoughts on that. But yeah, I have some thoughts as well. But you're not going to know... What I'm getting to about this is that you're not going to know a lot of these actors unless you've maybe watched other Werner Herzog films. And who I'm talking about specifically is the actor who plays Aguare, uh, Klaus, Klaus Kinski. Kinski. Yes. Yeah, and... Wow, what to even say about that guy. <laughs> so, let's start with the character of Aguare. Okay. He is one of the most dark and brooding, insane human beings that I've ever seen portrayed on film. He's the OG mad lad. Yeah. There's a lot of shots throughout the film of just him close-up visual of his face. And, like, it is a look of pure insanity. In what a face. Like, yeah. what a cinematic face. Like, he's got these, like... This like long blonde hair. He's got these big blue eyes, and he's got these like enormous Nick Kroll lips. Yeah, and he's just he's very strange looking man. Yeah, and and it just looks like there's a lot bubbling under the surface of him mm-hmm. at all times, at any given point in time in this film. There's he's a often, lot of anger. He's often just kind of stalking around scenes, and he's got like a very peculiar way of moving, where like his. It's almost like his shoulders are moving independently of one another. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. It actually is supposed to kind of portray that he's he's injured in some way. Okay. Well, that worked. He's played by Klaus Kinski, who actually uh, worked a number of time with Werner Herzog, uh, most notably in addition to this uh, in his film Nosferatu the Vampire and Fitzcarraldo. And it's a good thing that they got along swimmingly, right? <laughs> <laughs> More on that later. Yeah. Um, what I will say about Klaus Kinski in, in this point in time is that in real life, he was also, and I think the term is crazier than a shithouse rat. Deranged. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Actually, you know what? I Just in preparation for this, I found a quote from his autobiography that I'm going to read right now. Okay. So he had a autobiography that was republished in the 90s after his death and here's a direct quote one should judge a man mainly from his depravities virtues can be faked depravities are real (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah he was one of the craziest people ever to grace uh the silver screen maybe and he's not a good person either i will say that like there's some pretty horrible depraved things he did to his children to other actors we'll we'll get into like the specifics and effects and filming in our deep dive of this episode and and kind of the just absolute let's, lunacy let's, let's just say for the sake of putting a pin in it he i don't think he was acting in this movie no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a legitimate crazy person antagonizing everyone and uh trying to stage mutinies this whole time yeah and and just pure insanity like uh, like and and just Dark, evil insanity inside of those crazy blue eyes. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of other actors that I want to talk about, but I will go through kind of the main cast of the the group of people who are sent off on the expedition the, uh, for one week. The characters such that they are. Yeah. So the leader of this ragtag group of people is Don Pedro de Ursua. Uh, he's the chosen commander of the expedition to, uh, and he's Aguare's First in command to his second in com- command. He's got his wife with him, right? Yes. He's that guy? Yes. He's brought his wife, uh, Inez de Atenzia, along with him. And, and that's where kind of they're holding them uh, in the completely outlandish, like, what did you call those? Litter. Yeah, the litters. Litter, yeah. And as well, like, the only other kind of woman on this exposition is 
Flores de Aguare, Aguare's daughter. Yep. What's really funny about this is Perazzo, the guy who sends them on this adventure, who we only see in the opening scenes of this film, he says, like, against my better judgment, I'm sending these women along with yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, none of these people should be here, but these women and their elaborate, these noble women and their elaborate litters should definitely not be here. No, like, if they were yeah. adventure women, like, if, if, if that was kind of the society that they were in at this point in time, maybe, but, like, they're literally being carried at all times yeah. by slaves and other conquistadors. It really portrays the silliness of all of these, like... Just the abject silliness of this expedition. Yeah. And we're all gonna die for your silliness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other kind of higher up in the chain of this group is Don Fernando de Guzman, He's the fat nobleman is what he's called. Yep. Um, and he's representing the House of Spain along on this adventure. Cool. As well, we have brother Gaspar de Carvajal. Uh, he's the monk, the Christian monk who is sent along to basically bring Christianity to what they call the savages. The, oh, and he tries. Yeah, the poor indigenous population along the rainforest. And there's one other character that kind of pops as the movie moves on and that's the black slave dokello i think his character is also very interesting on uh, it's a it's a very entertaining presence in in the latter part of the film especially right um so i did want to bring him up as well and along with these group like i said there's there's the different levels of the spanish conquistador society as well as a number of incan slaves right but along with them we've already talked a little bit that about Werner Herzog and that this was written directed by him. I do want to talk a little bit more about his filmography. So I did mention that Fitzcarraldo and Nosferatu the Vampire are the other fiction uh, films that he made, but he's really yeah. most known for doing documentaries, right? And you brought up Grizzly Man, which is a great example. Mm -hmm. Some of the other documentaries that he's known for are Into the Inferno, which is about volcanoes, which sounded huh. really cool. I think that one's on Netflix as well. Um, he's done Lo and Behold, Reveries of the Connected World, Into the Abyss, Cave of Forgotten Dreams, and Encounters at the End of the World. They all sounded really cool in their premise, and they all have like 95 to 98% ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Like they're all very well received. Yeah. And what I'll say about that in regards to like, you know, Werner Herzog, a man known for documentaries, making fiction films. What I'll say about that is that this film is shot like a documentary. Yeah, and you know what? Okay, spoiler alert. I really did not have a good time with this movie. I bounced off it pretty hard. Yeah. And I think part of it was I was so jarred by the filming style. And and for me, I thought it was absolutely ingenious. Throughout the film, it legitimately, the way he's captured it is, like I said, it's filmed documentary style. It's like... Almost like time travelers were sent back in time to 1560 to film this adventure, essentially. Yeah, and like there's like moments where like water gets on the lens. Like yeah. it's very kind of it really it really draws you in. Yes, and it didn't work for me personally, but I can certainly admire the Werner Herzogian ingenuity of it all. Yeah, and and so 
like at its core, this is kind of an art house movie. Like Werner Herzog himself is what I would call an auteur, I think, mm-hmm. or an auteur. And you can see in this film what a great documentarian he's going to be mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. Because it, this film is just saw, shot so incredibly well. And that was like one of the most compelling things to me is like, like I said to Jess as we were watching this, like there was multiple times where I was like, I feel like I'm there. I like mm-hmm. legitimately feel like I am just have been transported to this time and place that this isn't like us kind of, you know, watching. Like I feel like I'm actively here and present in this moment. You feel in like time. you're on this expedition. Yes. Which, and I guess that also goes back to the filming style is Herzog, the crazy son of a bitch that he was, he essentially like him and his crew were basically on this expedition this whole yes. time. Yes. Like they were. The movie was shot for, like, no money. The actors and crew were literally living on these rafts filming this movie. I guess, I don't know. And that's what the other thing that I kept saying to Jess. Like, there kept being moments, and we'll talk about them when we get into the deep dive and the spoiler section of of our next episode. I kept saying to Jess, like, this is actually happening. Like these people are doing what we're seeing right now. Like this mm-hmm. is real. And like, and that's something that just like blew my mind. Mm. Um, and so, and so who is this movie for? Well, like you said, it's a low budget film. It's mm-hmm. kind of an art house film, but it's filmed like a docudrama, like almost found footage. So here's the thing. Was there any movies that you thought of while you were watching this? Was there anything that came to mind? Because there was one that jumped in my mind immediately. I wrote it down on here and I was shocked when I when I read about it later. But was there anything that popped to you? I guess maybe Apocalypse Now. Yes. Is that what you're going to say? Yes. Yeah. Like, I had written down on my notes here, like, is Apocalypse Now inspired by this? And 100%, like, yes. Francis Ford Coppola has said that this is one of his biggest inspirations for making Apocalypse Now. Like, especially the latter half of Apocalypse Now. I was like, this is like us getting the view of Colonel Kurtz for the entire movie, basically. Well, what's funny is like Apocalypse Now was based on Heart of Darkness, the novella from the 1890s. And I think the tagline for this movie is literally like a journey into the heart of darkness. Mm-hmm. Like there it is. Yeah. So it's really cool because at its core, like this film is about, you know, Western civilization just being stripped down to like the it's ugly ambitions, right? And mm-hmm. the corruption of man and like men who want to play God. Like, like Aguari literally calls himself God at points into the time in this film. It's all, this movie is all about poking fun at the self aggrandizement of civilization, right? Mm-hmm. And how futile and pointless and small it all is before nature. Right. The other like things that I compared it to, like the other direct inspiration. So I did think about this. I was like, this is almost like a found footage film, right? Um, Are you gonna I say was, the Blair Witch Project? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like that was the other one that popped in my head while I was watching this. I was like, I wonder if Blair Witch was also somehow inspired by this. The less obvious inspiration that I was also or influenced, sorry, the less obvious thing that was influenced by this was uh, the film Predator was also heavily film or. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah kind of. I can see it. But so what I'll say, like modern day stuff, like The Terror is like one of my favorite series of the last five years, season yeah, one. Yeah, you mentioned it. Like that's very similar where it's man versus nature or or man versus the unnatural nature and, and stuff like that, like uh, supernatural nature. It's about these people on a quest uh, exploring uncharted territory for fame and fortune, essentially. Right, and being instantly humbled yes 
but maybe not instantly humbled like or or their greed and ambition supersedes that humbling and they don't they don't they're not humbled until it's too late this is almost kind of like a greek myth or like a biblical story in the sense that it's all about like it's all about pride and arrogance and like a very classic story of a man being punished for reaching beyond his limits exactly yeah um and and how flying too close to the sun as they say yeah and and like his unchecked lunacy of this like it just spirals out of control like at no point does anybody really say no aguare this is just, no <laughs> no <laughs> back uh, on the raft there is a great scene where um the fat guy who's bit declared guzman guzman guzman, guzman who's been declared emperor He's just scribbling on like a scroll. He's like, he's just claiming all this land is his. He's right. just declaring. He's just declaring himself the emperor of all these lands. And he says something like, "Oh, the farther down river we travel, the more lands we get." Yeah. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, what if I just walked into a Tim Hortons and said, "This is mine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's like, and again, that's that's a good representation of just the follies of man throughout this film right yeah um and so i think if if you're interested in all of those like the other obvious comparison that came to mind for me as well was lord of the flies oh like yeah people being stuck in this in this natural environment and trying to somehow build a civilization around it where it's it, like man's inability to come together in a crisis yes yeah that that's another great point as well that's kind of my thought process of all that. Like if you, if any of that is interested, it sounds interesting to you. Like I would recommend this film, like, especially if you're a big fan of apocalypse now, I think you're going to really enjoy aspects of this film because like I said, it was like instant for me. I was like, this feels like apocalypse now. Right. It was just all the elements of it coming together. I was like, "Mm." and Mm. and the other thing that I'll say about this is if you were going to pair this with a modern day film, I think what would be really interesting would be to watch Mel Gibson's Apocalypto first. Oh, yeah. As a first watch, because Apocalypto kind of leads into this situation. There's probably like a fan theory that, like, maybe <laughs> who's the main character in Apocalypto? Maybe he's shooting arrows at these characters like, <laughs> at some point. So, yeah. So, like, but what I mean is, like, Apocalypto is a very epic serious movie like it it's such a good thriller and i think because of like i said how this how that movie kind of ties into this let me cut you off for a second apocalypto is the hollywood version of this story yes and this is the art house version of exactly and so where i think this pairs well as well is not only chronologically do they make sense to go apocalypto into aguare but i think that aguare is so quirky and and insanely fun that it's it's a fun kind of late night movie to follow up something so serious and tense yeah and that's kind of a thing um so like i said again this is jumping ahead to my personal review yep i really bounced pretty hard off this movie and i think part of it is it wasn't until over the halfway mark that i finally kind of clicked into my head i'm like oh this is a comedy yeah like i'm supposed to be laughing at these people and I feel like you and I were having technical difficulties earlier today. Yep. And we talked about maybe pushing the recording back a couple of days. Yep. Part of me kind of hoped we would because I thought maybe I should go back and watch it again with that in mind. Yeah. And, and what I'll say as well is that for me, like spoilers a little bit to my review, I really, really like this movie. And I think for me, what I said to Jess in the first 20 or 30 minutes was... I wish I had watched this movie in German. 
with English subtitles instead of watching this in English mm-hmm. because some of the dialogue for me felt a little <laughs> stiff. Yeah. Um and but what I what I'll say is 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 I know you watched this over a couple of nights yeah. and I think you did a disservice to yourself because for me the first 20 minutes like my brain was struggling and then the dialogue just kind of clicked and everything else was just kind of I will visually and like audibly like you know connecting with me that so this all... is going to be a crazy comparison. Let me finish. Okay, it. okay. This is going to be a crazy comparison, but for me this almost feels like the same trajectory as the movie The Room in that the first like half of that movie I'm like what the hell am I watching? This is absolutely insane. <laughs> right. And then somehow your brain just it just like it scrambles adap- your it brain. Adapts. Yeah. Yeah. And and your brain just like it snaps and then it, once it snaps it's just like this is incredible. This movie is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And everything that they're doing and saying is absolutely wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> okay, you know what, Blake? I can't say that driving over here today, I was like, Blake's going to bring up the room, <laughs> right? But I will say, I almost kind of feel like I need to watch this movie again with the knowledge that it's a comedy. Right. You know what I mean? But I don't know that it's necessarily a comedy when they started. But I think as the film goes on and the absolute insanity of this mission becomes apparent, it just spirals out of control and it becomes hilarious. I will say like once um once Aguirre stages his mutiny and he crowns Guzman the emperor and then they start holding like mock trials in the middle of the jungle. Right. That's when I was like, okay, this is pretty funny. Yeah. Like that's like just... The shameless futility of it all. Yeah. Like, that was pretty funny to me. So, I think that people in a modern watch are maybe not going to quite click in the first 20 minutes. Like I said, the opening shot is absolutely stunning. Yes. And, I will and give so, this movie that. let the vibes of the movie just carry you through, like, the first 20 minutes, and then you're in for an absolute treat. Look, 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 look. You need to show up to this movie willing to pass the vibe check. Yeah, I think my fatal mistake, my fatal mistake that caused my expedition to devolve was that I didn't, I wasn't willing to pass the vibe check. Yeah. that first night. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta pass the vibe check. You gotta be willing not to nitpick, because yeah, because this film is the sum of its parts, and there's a lot of cool parts going on with this. And like I said, I really, really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to talk about how it fits into my filmography and and my what i like in movies okay i am as i said earlier i am not nearly as excited to talk about it but i'm here for it cool so when to watch i want to hear like what are your thoughts objectively when is the best time to watch a movie like this never (laughs) (laughs) Uh, screw you probably at night yeah this is the kind of yeah this is the kind of movie you need to be really engrossed in yep don't check your phone. Like, just really get into it. Yeah. Let it wash do, over you. Don't do what I did. Yeah. Like, let it wash over you. I kicked and screamed against the current. I was like, what is this? What is this? What is this? <laughs> so I didn't have as good a time. Yeah. Whereas I, I, let a lo- I let a movie, like like I said, I let the movie sometimes wash over me. And if it doesn't work, you know, like, it doesn't work. But in this case, it really did. I think that it's a good late night watch after, like, maybe a slightly more serious movie. I think... I, I didn't mind watching it during the week. Like I usually say don't watch this movie during the week, but honestly, like it watch it when you want to watch a documentary is what I'll say. 
Yeah. Because it feels so much in the, the style and traditions of a documentary that that's when you're going to enjoy it most. Pretty much, yeah. In terms of where to watch, it's actually streaming free on Tubi right now, which is a, a free platform. Um, It does have ads, so you do have to put up with the ads partway through. Uh, is that where you watched it through? As soon as you said ads, I was like, fuck that. And it's actually only like two ninety nine on YouTube. Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. Cool. So- I yeah. just rented it there. Yeah, it's also available on Plex right now as well. What the hell is that? Uh, it's a streaming software. I don't fully understand it, to be completely honest, but cool. I know that Jason uses it. So I don't fully understand you, and we're friends, so <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, I think that is the end of our spoiler-free discussion. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll get into the spoiler-full discussion. What I'll say before we wrap up is that, like, I think if any piece of this film if any little detail of this at all interested you please go check this out because this movie deserves your attention sure (laughs) (laughs) oh god i feel like a lot of like film school purists are about to be gunning for me yeah i don't know i i think that I don't know. I think that people okay, can mic okay. it in their own heads about a movie like this. See, okay, let me let me let me just put a disclaimer up. I didn't like this movie. That doesn't mean I think it's a bad movie. I'm just saying I personally had a rough go of it. Yeah. So And I, I actually texted you after I watched this and I was like, I don't think this is gonna be a movie for you. Actually, can I read honest. before we break for the <laughs> deep dive, I was text I don't normally text you. Um, my opinions before we record. Yeah. But I'm going to read you some of the texts I sent you. So on, I believe it on Wednesday at 642, I screenshotted the poster and I said, is this what we're watching? And then at 645, you said, yep, it's free on Tubi, just with ads. And then at 844 PM that same day, I texted you, what the fuck am I watching? (laughs) 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 Yeah. I, and you know what, I'll say is, again, like, don't necessarily, you don't have to take my, like, recommendation that this is the greatest movie ever. I don't think it's the greatest movie ever, but I think it's pretty great. But also, you know, take a grain, take Michael's point of view with a grain of salt as well, because. Yeah, and I've I've done a good job, like, kind of, like, couching my opinion in the grander Michaelness of it all. Yeah. Yeah. I may, I may not have given this movie a fair shot. (laughs) Although I will say, like. You know, I don't, you know, most modern movies kind of try to like gently guide you in. Mm-hmm. Well, no, most modern movies try to get your attention right away. They try to guide you in. They try to make sure you're not confused. This movie like spits in your eye from the <laughs> word go. It's like, it's like, come along, fuckhead. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you, you think you can roll with us? Like, so it's you like, just, just it, be prepared for that. It's like eyes wide shut. It's like tempting you to turn the movie off in the first kind of, like, yeah. 20 minutes. It's like, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? No? All right. We got this something special for you. This is the cringiest, most weak sauce comparison I've ever made. But this is almost like a Dark Souls of a movie where it's like, <laughs> all right, like you got to put in some legwork, buddy. But if you do, you're going to absolutely fall in love. Sure. <laughs> okay on that note we'll see you next week for the deep dive spoiler discussion bye bye join, join us next week where blake and i throw hands the wrath of god i'm about to throw down the wrath of god okay on you we both got our hands up right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>